the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm also an official member of a domestic terrorist organization as a member of the National Rifle Association. I'm joined by my radio co-host, Don Dix, who is out of his secret bunker this week and back in studio. And our guest and uh, current, she's practically a Fox News contributor these days, uh, Agnes Gibney, as as a dedicated immigration activist and a we are honored to have as a cabinet member of the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. I want to open up the discussion where Don and I left off last week, and we were talking about the then, on last Saturday, was the in-progress California Republican Party convention, and both of you are, were delegates to that convention, and Agnes, you were on the platform committee. Yes. Yes. And uh, another friend of ours, uh, Dale Broom, who couldn't be here, was also on the platform committee, and... Um, Agnes, what are your thoughts? What, you, what are your thoughts of the, the convention overall and your experience on the platform committee? Well, being new to it, you know, you notice certain things. But I, ha- I walked away with a very unsatisfied feeling, like there was a lot of division within the uh, uh, the party, within our own party, and a lot of competition. And who wants to be bigger and who wants to be noticed? None of that matters. We all need to work together, and I was a little disappointed. I noticed last last convention when I was invited to be a, a proxy, uh, somebody called me as I was flying back from D.C., and they asked me if I wanted to be a proxy. So I didn't know what that was and said, oh, if somebody's not able to be there to vote, you vote in their place. And I said, I would love to. Why waste a vote? Well, he said, would you like to do two? And I said, sure, why not? Uh, and then at the end, he said, well, who would you, uh, who are you voting for? And I said, well, Travis Allen or Steve Franks. And my name ended up never click. being on the proxy. Exactly. Click. So immediately I realized that there is uh, some things going on that it just didn't feel right to me, equaled corruption, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Dale was telling me that he think it was the platform committee was stacked by the establishment. It was pre-written in advance. Any of the amendments they didn't want were quickly voted down. Uh, particularly, uh, Dale, Dale is a very strong religious conservative. Yes. And uh, the, he proposed a very basic two plus two amendment that the California Republican Party recognizes two sexes determined at birth. Yes. And nope. and I spoke on in favor of the bill for Dale, and, uh, and that got knocked down. But in the hallway, several people came up to me very quietly and said, I am so glad you spoke up about this, uh, to just recognize men and women. So glad. This so- was, this was uh, on the interaction you were having on the platform committee. Right after we broke uh, from the platform committee as we were walking out. Gotcha. Well, I I would object to the word corruption um, because that implies that what was being done both before in committees like the one you served on and at the convention was corrupt, giving everybody the impression that Control equals corruption. The way I prefer to look at it is that we're still learning how the control mechanisms of the party work. If you don't know Robert's rules, you're you're really kind of out to lunch at not only the general session on Sunday, but also the events and the committees leading up to it because those are run by Robert's rules. Now, you can... You can we could have a healthy debate as to whether Robert's rules, you know, uh, are too complicated and they keep those that aren't in the know uh, from having control. 
But I think that in the quest to gain control in the Republican Party, that for us eventually, if we were successful, to do the things that are being done to us, to label those as corrupt, I don't think that's corrupt. I think that's just understanding how the game's played. We may not like the rules, and I don't. And I don't like the way the game is played. And I would like to see it played more in the open. I would like to see the things that you experienced in the play. I'd like to see comprehensive sex education labeled on the Republican platform instead of, as Dale, as you mentioned, Dale uh, Broom's uh, amendment was uh, shot down. I would like to see those things. But I don't think that it necessarily – and I'm not going to say there's no corruption – there could be some. I haven't seen the corruption, but I have seen the uh, overt and covert management of the processes to get their desired outcome. Well, they 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 it, the platform committee was stacked with by the establishment by people who were going to vote for and approve the. Is that platform. corrupt? Well, corruption can have a broad meaning. So you can have a broad, it, it doesn't necessarily, doesn't, I mean, it, to an attorney, yeah, I can have a broad do, meeting, it, it but to the average person that yeah, hears the word corruption? I think a, a process can be corrupt and not in the strict sense of offering and receiving bribes or other, or other consideration, but corrupt in the sense that it, the process is unfair and stacked in favor of a particular outcome, regardless of the wishes of party members or even the delegates the, the delegates that show up. Let's reverse the scenario just for a quick second. Let's say the Tea Party and Tea Party like-minded people are in control of the Republican Party. And there's an insurgency coming in that wants to take the uh, ideals uh, and the platform to the center of the political spectrum and maybe even to the left. I think if there Would was... we a- do what they're doing in order to make sure that they don't do what they want to do? If, if the process the process should allow that the the Republicans of the state of California to their wishes their desires to be manifested in the party, and the way it's set up now is it's a it's a top down system is the electeds and candidates appoint the vast majority of delegates and then the central committees get some so it is it, it's the process the whole structure is set up not to reflect the wishes and desires of rank and file party members. I have. I would argue back at that by saying this. California is a majority Democrat state. Most of the electeds are Democrats, right? They are. And if we wanted to get more delegates, all we would need to do is run a Republican of our choice against that Democrat. and You automatically get, what, five delegates, a minimum of five. So if we really wanted to get control of the, of the Republican Party. All we would need to do is have people like us run against those Republican, those Democrat seats. And though by default, those Republicans that even lose in partisan races, so we're talking about Assembly, Senate, and Congress, those individuals would get delegates. They would if they're assuming they're aligned with us, but as we talked about that, as we talked about, but last my assumption week. Okay. is that they would be aligned with us because we would want them to run against those. Where in many of those cases, no Republican is running at all. That, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. As we talked about last week, for decades, the conservatives have been saying we're going to take back the Republican Party, and as far as I can see, zero progress has been made in those decades. If anything, has gone the other way. Yeah, but who 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 was saying we're going to take back the Republican Party? Conservatives. Who? I can give you a list of names off the top of my head. What have you done to help that cause? We support, in the Tea Party, we support the conservative candidates, typically the most conservative candidate. Right. We, uh, in, we, we worked very hard on behalf of Mike Morrell to get him elected. We were very hard on John Tim Donnelly, unsuccessfully, because he was, the, he was the more conservative candidate. But those are all, but those are, are, are all related to getting people elected, which is good and well. And I'm not disparaging anything that the Redlands Tea Party has said. But your statement of, I've been hearing for decades that we're going to take back the party, who's active in doing that? What are they doing? And where are they going wrong? Because my assumption is it can be. T- 
I, I I'm a I'm like you. We're on the same side. I mean, obviously, uh, of of this of this conversation. All we're we're discussing are the semantics and the procedures of how do you do that. No, I think I think I'm I'm in a more fundamental level. I many of many of our people in our Unite IE coalition um, are are Republican Party focused. Is somehow we we just need to reform, take back with the, what word you want to use, the Republican Party, and then we'll be on our way to political success. My view of it is the Republican Party is at best useless. Okay, and if if, not, if if they're not when they're not collaborating with or serving as useful idiots for the Democrat Party, that that anything that's to be accomplished useful in California is going to be done outside of the Republican Party. For example, on, on electoral reform and combating Democrat election fraud, Election Integrity Project and the Institute for Fair Elections have been doing good work, while the Republican Party has run away from that issue and done zippo nada nothing. Triple X sex education, a gr- aside from the the substance of that issue, right. of which then they are sex grooming our children. Yep, it is a great political issue because nominally Democrat parents, the vast majority of them, do not want their children taught how to use vegetables as sex toys or how to perform oral and anal sex using a dental dam. And I don't disagree where, with either one of those. But where is the party? But, Nowhere. Yeah, but okay, so you're saying the party is not the party's not doing anything. Under what political banner do republic do conservatives run then? If you want to get them elected to office, what 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 banner do they what, the what mo- political structure do they run for elected office under for the moment uh, it's, it's they're probably going to run as a republican although it is possible they might run as a as a no party preference but but for right now for right now the republican right. party is, is they're, they're the source of the candidates sure. but but it it really doesn't matter it really doesn't matter. You, I mean, there's whether, a, whether, there's a whether, corporate, whether, there's a whether, corporate whether, and administrative process that's outlined in the state code and in the Constitution. Two political parties. There is no no party preference party. No, but it, but but you can run as a no party preference, and you can qualify and get on the ballot, and you can be listed in that way. Sure, and, and you're you're going to get how many people to do that? Well, there was there there was a candidate that I forget the man's name who ran and came close for uh, insurance commissioner. Okay, a did better than a. And, and did be, and did better than most uh, most uh, statewide Republican candidates. Would he have done as good if he had been Republican? Probably not. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. But that's one. I'm just, well. All I'm saying well, is there's a practical side to the arg- to the conversation. The practical side is. I'm on the side of let's work inside the Republican Party to take it over. Yeah, it's been a decades long process. We didn't lose it overnight either. We lost it over decades. So we're it's a matter of organizing and understanding how the game's played within the party so that we can move the chess pieces just like they are. So it's a matter of semantics. I mean, we're both on the same side on the issues. My my choice is I think within the corporate structure of the Republican Party is the most expeditious way to do it. I don't see anybody doing it outside the Republican Party. Depends what the issue is. Anything to be accomplished. I just think, you know, as I just gave two examples, triple X sex education and the uh, doing anything on Democrat voter fraud. To extent anything's happening on those things, it's being done outside of the Republican Party. Right. I agree. Because it's not going to be done inside. You're exactly. absolutely right. Ex- ex- exactly right. But, you, but, you're, but you're right in the sense that when come election time, when there's a candidate, usually there's going to be a Republican can- And except that we, we end up with two Democrats in the, in the final round, you, there's going to be a Democrat and a Republican. Yep. Okay. And that's the, 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 most, the, most, the most partisan races. That'll be so. Okay. And generally, the Republican is going to be better than the Democrat. Although there are some cases, there are some cases in which the Republican has gone so far afield that in any relationship there must be limits, and Chad Mays comes directly to mind, and he is someone that we didn't in Redlands Tea Party we did not endorse in that race sure. in two thousand eight, and I, I and I was minority of on the cabinet. Right. I wanted to affirmatively state in our voter guide, do not vote for Chad Mays. And you can say that all you want. Obviously, he got returned to office. Yeah. He's got hundreds of thousands of dollars that yes. 
a competitor against him does not have. So, again, that's the practical side of the political game that we have to understand okay. is being played out. We need to take a break. We've got Agnes with us, and we're going to draw her back yeah. into the conversation, yeah, Agnes, I promise. D- Agnes, just don't talk so much. I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll control myself. And, and, and the conversation that we're having is a continuation of the conversation before because Greg's position is, does anyone care what happened at the convention? Did it matter? And Agnes and I, who are both there, uh, are going to weigh into that as we continue after the break. After this word from Ed Hoffman, the man to go to for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590, The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want, or anything that you need between now and your final day on Earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire Radio Show, the most important radio show that is for the most important political office that of private citizen. And we are having a spirited conversation about the just completed. California GOP semi-annual convention that unfolded in Indian Wells over a two or three day period, really starts on Friday afternoon, ends on Sunday afternoon, technically 48 hours, but over three days. And I just I want to I just want to share that my experience uh, was extremely interesting because I got to interview Brad Parscale, who is the campaign manager for Facebook. And it was, uh, I, I'm going to tell a quick 30-second story, and then we're going to get back to our conversation with Agnes and what unfolded, but, you know, for the majority standpoint. Um, Brad Carscale, who is the guy that essentially navigated the 2016 win for Donald Trump by divining the pathway through those swing states right up the middle of America. And he did it based on data. So he's a data wizard, and uh, somehow out of all that experience and everything that happened, Donald Trump has named him as his 2020 campaign chairman. Now, Brad had some interesting things that he shared during that interview. We're going to come back to that and tease that a little bit, but I don't want to get too far afield before this. But I just want to tell you about getting the interview because Brad had two very intimidating Secret Service guys on either <laughs> side of him the entire time. And I saw him. One of the things that happened that he did, and he wasn't planning on doing this. I learned this from his advanced team. He spent a lot of time in sort of the general area. It was a large, very large lounge connected to an open-air bar. And he spent a lot of time roving around there, talking to people, meeting people. And it was at one of those uh, opportunities that I gave his Secret Service guy a card because I had been told by the CAGOP that his advance team had said absolutely no interviews, none, zero, zip, nada. Mm -hmm. And that's all you got to do is tell me no, and I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. So I, I just, people can't see that Agnes was just showing us a picture on her phone of her with uh, Brad Parscale. Yeah, that's a great, and he did a lot of those photo ops, and it was really, and he was very generous with his time, wasn't he? He really was. Did very you have nice a chance guy. to talk to him? I sure did. I shared my story, and he knew who I was. Uh, I was a little surprised. I uh, told him a few things about President Trump, how I admired him, his integrity, and uh, I would never stand in, f- in front of anybody to take a bullet, but I would for President Trump. 
Well, that's a great thing for him to hear because that's one of the things that he shared during his uh, his prepared remarks was his 10 years of working for the Trump organization had has given him an insight into who Donald Trump is and who the family is. And one of his comments, which was interesting, and it was picked up by the entire media, and this was the headline from Brad's comments, is that the Trump dynasty should continue for two decades. That was the headline. And it was almost a throwaway comment because he was making it uh, as a uh, – you know, as as a part of a larger conversation about what the future holds for America, especially as it relates to the next presidency, assuming Donald Trump wins, and then where do we go after that? So that's what the media picked up a out hot, of everything. A hotly contested primary race between Don Jr. and Ivanka. There you go. I don't know. Or maybe uh, is it against the Constitution for a brother and a sister to run as president and vice president? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But, um, yes, a guy who was very generous with his time, was very interested in talking to people. So I gave a Secret Service guy a card. And the following day, that was on Friday, I saw him on the on the uh, roving around this area. And the following day, I, I, I went up to the uh, to Brad. He was now sitting at a table. And eventually, the, the crowd cleared. And I took the opportunity. And I walked up. And I said, hey, Brad, my name is Don Dix. I gave your guy a card yesterday. And he said, oh, yeah. He gave me the car. He remembered getting the card. And I said, do you know who uh, Sebastian Gork is? And he said, of course, I, I know Sebastian personally. I said, do you know who Hugh Hewitt is? He said, absolutely. Do you know who Dennis Prager is? Oh, yes. I said, well, I'm on the same radio station as they are. It broadcasts into this area. And there are a lot of people in this area that would love to hear directly from you. Can you give me 10 minutes? And he well looked, done. And he said, oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> So the second part of this story, which I think is fascinating, um, during his speech, he we, we, we arranged that I would interview him after he did his speech as a part of the speaker series. So he said, I'll be wrapped up about 3.15. Come and get me. Well, if you know the way that most ballrooms work, the speakers go behind an area. You can't go to it. So I found his Secret Service car, and I staked out his Secret Service car. And when this event broke up, uh, he came out, uh, I mean, people were coming out and they're like, is that, you know, what I think it is? And I said, I don't know, you know, and cause I didn't, I was not going to let anybody get in the way of this possibility of getting an interview. So I tried to, you know, discourage as many people as possible from hanging around. And then somebody who we're going to talk about in the second half, somebody came out, uh, Shelly, you, you, you've had this guy at your, you've had this guy at your, uh, event several times, Craig Huey, right? Yes. You've had him speak. Shelly Huey comes out and she comes up to me and goes, that's his car, isn't it? And I'm like, I don't know. He goes, she goes, yes, it is. Well, she came out because she wanted to pray with Brad. It was the most amazing moment for the entire conference was she is a prayer warrior. She does this no matter who the person is on her side, on her, on the other side, she came out, laid hands on Brad and prayed for like four minutes and the secret service, bowed their heads. And it was just an amazing moment for him to accept that personal moment of prayer. And then you got your interview. Then after that, the interview. Yes. Uh, very quickly, we have a little bit of time in this half hour. Did you raise with him or did he talk about in his prepared remarks how they're going to deal with big dem tech? No. No. Not not to the extent that um, it rose to – no. I, and I know that that's, you know, something that you pay attention to and that's, uh, you know, and, and I agree. It's, it's, it's a big issue. Um, all I can tell you is what he did say. They have the most – uh, aggressive data gathering process going directly to the voters that any political party has ever endeavored to get to gather, even the Obama administration. He said Obama organizing for America doesn't have half of what we have. These events that they're doing around the country, the rallies they are using to do data mining and turn that oh. data mining into grassroots on the ground organizing. Yeah. If, if people are willing to stand in line for two days to get into a rally, are they willing to make telephone calls, do door knocking, put up a yard sign? I'm thinking yes. Yeah. Exactly. I'm thinking yes. So he did spend a lot of time saying that that is their major priority. Unfortunately, California is not a swing state. They're not going to spend any time here. But they are counting on us to help with the efforts in the 17 swing states that they have identified. 
Stay with us for the second half, and we'll try to get, let Agnes get a word in edgewise here in our, in our conversation. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want, or anything that you need between now and your final day on Earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM590, The Answer. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Show, the show for the most important political office, that a private citizen. And that doesn't have a party label, does it, Greg? Well, it doesn't. That's right, because, you know, you can be a private citizen. Uh, you can be a libertarian. Uh, we have a libertarian Riverside County supervisor, Jeff Hewitt, who's a libertarian over the 5th District. You can be a no-party preference. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Republican. You can be a green person. But it's interesting, there's a uh, a uh, conversation that's happening right now about some of Trump's wins, some of his successes. And he celebrated, the, and I think Republicans can celebrate this week, the appointment of the 150th judge. Because one of his promises was to follow the Constitution, not a political party. And I think that's why some never-Trump, some deeply political people are not fans of Donald Trump because he's... You know, he's supporting the Constitution. I mean, that was his promise, to uphold the Constitution and follow the Constitution. Well, supposedly those uh, never-Trump, quote, conservatives, unquote, were all about uh, following the upholding the Constitution and appointing conservative judges that will interpret the law, not make it up as they as they go along. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yet they are, uh, yeah, they're, they're still, I mean, they're a dwindling number. I mean, Trump's ha- has, has near or has record or nearer approval among Republicans. Yep. We need to get an update from Agnes regarding her personal situation because uh, it strikes at the heart of the immigration issue. There was a major victory, I think, from the Supreme Court this week having to do with the asylum uh, injunction that was twice laid on by an Obama-appointed judge, twice turned down by, believe it or not, the Ninth Circuit Court and then the Supreme Court had to weigh in on it, and they said, yes, the Trump administration has the ability to enforce and to write the administrative procedures for asylum. And the major, pay, the major, I guess, bullet point of all that is, is that if they're going to apply for asylum here, they better have applied for asylum in the first country they stepped into, mm-hmm. which for most of them would be Mexico. Or if you if you're coming from Honduras or El Salvador, it wouldn't even be, be, be Guatemala. Be Guatemala, that's yeah. right. And if you can't say yes, I applied for asylum in Guatemala or Mexico, and I was turned down, you're on the first whatever bus, plane, um, you know, rickshaw back to your country of origin, and that's essentially what's going to happen. And that's going to send, a, I think, a big message south of the border saying. Yes, because don't they, even try. Well, because right now they've they've been, they've know because they just step across the border and, they, and they've been getting in and they've been coached on <clears throat> what to say to game the to game the asylum system, and uh, despite the t- bad laws that we have here and liberal Obama judges that are dedicated to open borders, that uh, Trump has been and w- is whittling it down. You look at the 
uh, apprehensions at the border. They are declining. He made this deal with Mexico that they're going to keep them there, keep them there. So there's still a lot getting in. They're still. I just read this week they're releasing 130 illegals into the country every day. But it's down. That's a that's a far cry from what it was. And uh, getting back to Agnes, it was a several times deportee that took the life of your son. And now that individual is approaching the end of his prescribed sentence. What's going on? Yes, I received, uh, we received, my husband, my daughter, and I, a letter from the president stating that his release date is November 23rd or one or two days earlier as per a per a code and then it says that uh, he has a detainer an ice detainer uh, period note that the ice detainer may be removed prior to release and uh, i'm outraged because if you're illegal alien a criminal in our country you get a free pass to come back into our civilization and re-victimize somebody else i mean this is an outrage not only that but not to forget that he was sentenced under the California Determinate Sentencing Law, and his release date would have been June 24, 2020. And he committed some issues in prison because his release date went up to all the way to November of 2020. Now it's a year earlier. Uh, so criminals are getting a lot of free passes and a lot of uh, open doors and protection, especially here in California with SB 54. Where's the protection for citizens? Well, there isn't. It isn't there. They and you see this all across the country where these illegal aliens are committing crimes. They've been deported and they get released in um, Montgomery County, which is near, which, which is a uh, liberal enclave near Washington D.C. They uh, they're, they're up to within the last six weeks, eight illegal aliens have been are under arrest and have been charged with sex crimes and rape and including of of, of children. And they've, a lot of them have been released. They have, they have a criminal record. And they've been released by the local authorities under their sanctuary county policy. They don't care. They really don't care. They're, 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 the Democrat Party only cares about amassing more power for the Democrat Party. And no matter how many Americans are harmed in the process, they don't care. No, they don't. And I, I really admire the sheriff in uh, Merced County that spe- uh, uh, particularly attributed the shooting of a highway patrol and a police officer up north to SB 54. And he's absolutely correct. We as a nation cannot allow this to continue for illegal aliens to have a free pass. I, I wish uh, ICE would come down in California really hard and start mass deportations here. Let's send a message that no more, no more. Well, they also would, I would, I would, and I don't know why this hasn't been done, is the aiding and abetting illegal immigrants, helping them stay here or encouraging them to stay here is a crime. It is a criminal offense under Section 1324 of the Immigration Act. And there have been no prosecutions. And they should find some, they should find some good test cases where, the, where it's really clear and blatant that they are, and there's plenty of those cases, mm-hmm. that, they're, that they are aiding and abetting illegal aliens. And bring some of those prosecutions. I think that, I think that will show, will put some justifiable fear of the law into a lot of these pro-illegal alien Democrat politicians. Right. You know, uh, a few years back, I reported an illegal alien, and I'm not going to go into the whole story, but uh, my daughter said, just send it to ICE, because they will, uh, to, fe- to the federal government, because they haven't paid taxes. They'll go after him. So I downloaded the application online, sent it to the person. He showed up at my door. The employer gave it to him. Ask me what happened to the employer for hiring illegal alien. Nothing. Whatever happened to the law that if you hire an illegal alien, you get a $10,000 uh, fine. Nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing is being enforced. It's, am- it's amazing. That the, I've, there's no other example I can think of the, other than immigration law where there's just this systematic desire of to not enforce the law, to ignore the law. And they say that, well, it's a compassion issue. You know, I have compassion for everybody. I, but we are not the social welfare of the world to have to take in all the destitute people of the world. For what? I mean, we can't keep doing that. It, it has zero to do with compassion. Exactly. If, 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 if the Democrat Party was motivated by, motivated by compassion, there wouldn't be people 
taking a dump on the streets in L.A. and San Francisco and other Democrat-controlled cities. You wouldn't have places like Chicago where there's a ma- the equivalent of a mass shooting every weekend and other Democrat cities around the country. They would be concerned about, uh, the, about the low-income Americans who are hurt by mm-hmm. mass immigration and mass illegal immigration. But they don't. They really, and they would care about people like you. They would, what possible justification could there be for keeping criminals in the country? Correct. Compassion is only for illegal immigrants, illegal aliens. It's full compassion. There is no compassion for our citizens who are killed at the hands of illegal aliens or compassion for the families. There is one and I think only one explanation for what we see happening in the way that you've been treated, the way that you've been treated more as the criminal and the Mm -hmm. criminal has been treated more as the victim. Right. What's happening in America right now is the implementation of something called criminal justice reform, Mm -hmm. but more specifically something called restorative justice. People need to start becoming aware of what the political left is doing, and they're implementing something called restorative justice throughout the country. Restorative justice is a different way of thinking about crime and our response to crime. It focuses on repairing. Now I'm reading from a website called restorativejustice.org. I'm not saying I agree with any of this, but I think it's important to know what they're trying to do to the people that are committing these crimes, not only the illegal immigrants, but people within our own communities. So, Uh, To summarize, restorative justice is a different way of thinking about crime and our response to crime. It focuses on repairing the harm caused by crime and reducing future harm through crime prevention. I don't don't know how you prevent crime Mm -hmm. other than having, you know, sentences, consequences for committing crime. Right. You can't just have a nice little circle of friends and intervention and say, you really need to think twice about murdering someone again. I mean, well, it, tell us, tell us again why. Tell us again why how structural racism caused you to commit that crime. Exactly. Third, it requires the offenders to take responsibility for their actions and for the harm they've caused. I don't know how you do. If you murdered somebody, how do you, you know, I'm really sorry. Right. Seeks redress for victims. Have you felt any redress? No. Agnes? Yeah. Uh, redress for victims. Recompense by offenders. Do you think that the person that killed your son has recompensed? No. By offenders. And integration of both within the community. So this is trying to take that guy that's committed murder. They're morally equivalent. The, the, the crime victim and the crime perpetrator are morally equivalent. And requires mm-hmm. a cooperative effort by communities and the government. You know, I got to say, I used to work with uh, Office of uh, Restorative Justice, uh, volunteered where we had programs for offenders and victims, and they brought them together. And it was really amazing to sit next to a, a, a woman who was sobbing inconsolably after I spoke. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this poor lady, she must have just lost a child. And my heart is filling with compassion and sorry for this person. And then I find out her son murdered someone. And being uh, uh, Asian, she's incredibly ashamed of the crime that her son had committed and how sorry she was for me. So they deal with shame and we deal with with the sorrow, with the grief that we were the sentence that we were given. And in one of the meetings, Uh, That's when I started kind of pulling myself out, and eventually they dropped me because one of the meetings they said, we need to not refer to offenders as offenders or the felon or the murderer. And I said, uh, the person that did me wrong. And I thought, no, because you're desensitizing how I feel I should relate to the killer. The killer is a killer. He's not... And a, a person that just harmed my son. No, he permanently harmed my son. He pulled the trigger. He killed my son. He's a felon. He's a murderer. And I am not going to change the wording uh, of how I refer to a criminal. Like California wants to uh, dilute how we refer to a, to a felon and newly returned from where? Jamaica? From the Bahamas? 
Justice involved individual. And justice San, San Francisco involved just passed some of this stuff. You know what? Right. But, so both, we, but the victim is a justice involved, involved individual, individual as well. Too. Exactly. So it's equating, it's putting both the victim and the criminal on the and same level. Do not put me on the same level. I have right. never committed a crime. I am a law abiding citizen other than a ticket. Then I'm justice involved because many years ago I had to go to court to pay my ticket. Jeez. So I'm. And I'm a I'm a criminal too because I'm a uh, I'm a member of the NRA. So I'm well, a that's terrorist right. You're, too. You're, you're also a domestic terrorist. I'm a that's domestic right. terrorist. Congratulations! Give me a high five. High five! Thank you. That's crazy. We're going to take a break to honor our sponsor for this half hour. We'll be back with more with Agnes Gibney, Greg, the guy that heads up the Redland Sea Party Patriots and that thinks uh, the, the, that uh, another domestic terrorist organization. Another domestic <laughs> terrorist. And yours truly, Don Dix, as the United I Radio Show continues. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, my name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, joined by my co-host Don Dix, and someone who exemplifies our model of the show that the most important political office is that of the private citizen, is, is that of the private citizen, Agnes Gibney, who is a great immigration activist and a cabinet member with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. We're talking about matters of immigration and how her own personal case is how a, uh, the, the man, the illegal alien previously deported who murdered her son is coming up for release yeah, in this November, this November, Agnes is also involved in another political project relating to our governor, trying to recall Gavin Newsom. What's going on with that? Well, uh, I was just um, joined the group, and I'm very excited about this. Since Go- Gavin Newsom does not care about uh, California citizens, I am going to work as hard as I can to recall him. And if you go to ranaf.org, download the application, donate, help us do everything to recall Gavin Newsom. Let's send a strong message to him that he's not just going to take advantage of us uh, citizens and patriots, and uh, he needs to follow the law. And also we send a good, strong message to other politicians that they need to, uh, to, to follow the law and our Constitution. Gavin Newsom just won in 2018 with about 60% of the vote. Why should we, okay, yeah, we don't like him. We're conservatives. We're freedom-loving Americans. So, but why, why does he deserve to be recalled less than a year into his term? Number one, he's putting illegal aliens and criminals before citizens. And that's dangerous for in any. W- in what ways? Well, he's releasing criminals back into a street. He declared California a sanctuary state, uh, harboring illegal aliens who should have never been in a state. I think that happened before his... But he signed it. I think SB 54 was law before he became governor. And he he's continuing with, well, the, with this. Yeah. He yes. supports it. He supports, he supports it. it. He supports it. it. No doubt. And has passed... Uh, 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 is is wasting our tax dollars by giving uh, medical treatment or, or medic medical insurance for illegal aliens? Something that we shouldn't be. Uh, he, he he's just a danger to California. He's not listening to the average citizen. He's doing whatever he wants, running amok. And uh, I had enough of that because if my guy gets out, who's going to be the next victim? How many criminals are in California? Law enforcement are being shot because uh, they have the protection of our governor, and this governor is not protecting us. 
Well, and they're doing things like giving health care benefits to illegal aliens. Bingo. Um, yeah. And the latest, the latest proposal is, they were first they went, it's for the children. It's for the children. Uh, but now, yeah. but now, they, now they want to do senior citizen, senior exactly. illegal aliens. Of course, it's an incentive. Just you know, if, you, if you're if uh, if you have a medical problem and you're a foreigner, just step across the border and say, I want my free health care. And you can, right. and you can, uh, and the Democrats have their way, and Gavin Newsom has his way. You can get it here in California. That's right. I believe the name, the bill is SB twenty seven that they are trying to get, uh, give Medicare to sixty five and over. Think about the problems, the ramifications of that. Somebody gets Medicare, low income. They need to be in a assisted living. They go to Medi-Cal, Medi-Cal will pay, meaning we will pay because it comes out of our tax dollars, and they get uh, uh, very expensive services at our expense. And most of them never paid into our system, but they're going to be drawing all the benefits. I think think SB 27 is the uh, requiring Donald Trump. Oh, no, I'm sorry, SB 29. SB 29, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, sorry. And another bill that he he's, that he's just signed, which is uh, I don't know how do how I mean, how to describe it in superlatives of how bad it is, is that disruptive students, no matter how disruptive, cannot be suspended. That's another ridiculous bill. I used to work in in classrooms, and there are certain students that are a danger uh, to to all the cl- all the other students. They need to be removed. They need to put in whatever other class, special ed class that they need to be in. My daughter was assaulted by a bully, uh, I I believe when she was in fourth grade, coming out of gate class. I took the initiative as bad as I felt for for the girl. I called the police. I reported it to the school, and I filed a report against the girl. She was immediately removed from the school, was homeschooled for many years. I did a service to that girl because years later she thanked me for what I've done. That's a little that that that's the benefit of what discipline can do. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned this bill that has been signed. The assembly voted 58 to 17 for Senate Bill 419 which moves now back to the Senate for a vote because of amendments before it. Ultimately, this was signed into law. The proposal was to essentially prevent ki- uh, schools from suspending uh, kids under the idea that it they're going to miss school, they're going to miss homework. Uh, if you're a disruptive child, you're keeping the other kids in that classroom from learning. That's you right. You need to be removed from that. You cannot put that child back in, in into school. One of the things that came out real quickly, one of the things that came out of the state GOP convention there is within the CTA, the California Teachers Association, which you know has 300,000 members statewide. Uh, some of those members are Republicans. Some of those members are conservatives. And there is a growing Republican caucus within the CTA. They had 90 members of that caucus at the California GOP convention this past weekend. And I talked to a lot of them. A lot of them brought up this very issue that they are no longer teachers they are babysitters they're no longer mm-hmm. to keep control of their, able to keep control of their classroom they have too many unruly people this law was already in effect for K through 3rd grade i think what this law did was it extended it from 4th grade to senior high school they are hating life right now because they're no longer able to do the job that they fell in love with they want to teach it's in their blood it's part of who they are it's their personality and now, instead of teaching, they're in danger. They well, are. They are. And, and, when, and it doesn't do the misbehaving student any favors. Mm-hmm. When you learn from the get-go that you're allowed to misbehave with no real consequences, of course, every child every child's going to misbehave. That's why you need discipline from the get-go to raise, raise a child properly. And we, 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 had, we did a... We had a story on our show, I don't know, a few months ago. This is back in Iowa. Is the student, students would start destroying something, and the teacher would take the rest of the students out of the classroom, and they would just wait out in the hallway until the student was finished destroying things. Yes. A, civiliza- a country that, that, that stands by and lets a 10-year-old destroy furniture with impunity is a country that has no future. I used to work for special ed children, 
and I saw the same exact thing you're talking about. So, and something I want to make a little bit of time here. I want to make this point. And something it just sort of occurred, it occurred to me. I've seen these various things. We see this triple X sex education and gender, trying to confuse children about gender. The borders are open, undermining all discipline in the schools. And we don't have time to go over it about the terrible academic performance of the, of the, of the government run schools in California and the nation generally, uh, teaching anti American history, undermining Christianity. And it really occurred to me is this. The Democrat Party and the left, but then they become one and the same, seek to burn down our civilization, every every institution, every value, every principle, and then they hope that they're going to build their socialist paradise state on the ashes and rubble that they've created. And And these things are all really connected. And with that cheery thought... Agnes, thank you for being on our show today. This is all the time we have. Thank you for being on our show and everything you do for the cause of freedom and the safety of the American people. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM 590 The Answer. Confident MLS ID number 9921, Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.